0: Hello, and welcome to the How Fitting Podcast, where you get to hear from independent fashion designers and entrepreneurs about how they grow their business, making clothes that fit their customer and values. I'm your host, Allison Haynes. Today, I'm joined by Phyllis Liebrock of Sydney's Closet. So Phyllis, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Allison. For those listening who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: Yes, um, as Allison said, my name is Phyllis Liebrock, and I'm the president and founder of Sydney's Closet. We are a apparel company dedicated exclusively to designing plus-size special occasion dresses. And in addition to my other roles in a business com- capacity, I also lead the design
0: team. Awesome. So there's a lot there I want to ask you about, but let's kind of start at the beginning. Sure. What made you start the fashion, a fashion brand and get involved in this business?
1: Well, when I started, Allison, I had a very sharply focused goal when I decided to become a fashion designer. I wanted to de- design exclusively to embrace curvy women and teens dressing up to celebrate life's special occasion. You know, every day I still get excited about my work and I never cease to be rewarded by the ability to make dreams come true. For me, it's not a job. It's a passion and a personal one because I started designing when I couldn't a prom frock that really rocked for my curvy daughter. So I know firsthand that full-figured women find themselves, I guess you could say, stranded on the sidelines of fashion when they go shopping for um, evening, wedding, prom dresses. Um, You know, my daughter's um, really that heartache when she shopped for a dress. It wasn't just finding her size. That wasn't the only issue. Um, Here in St. Louis, we searched high and low, and the dresses that were available for her to try on looked better suited for mother or the bride or even grandmother of the bride. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from a fashion perspective the colors were lackluster the styles were downright dowdy and the fit was dumpy and I felt very strongly that they all lacked that what I call an an all-important cool factor for a teenager and um, at the time I was a reporter at the post-dispatch And I did the quantitative research and the qualitative research. And I learned that there were millions of other people facing the same nightmare, shopping for special occasion dresses as my daughter and I. So I made a very bold decision. I decided to trade deadlines for hemlines. And my goal was to take the tears out of shopping for my daughter and the millions of other women like her.
0: That's a really cool story because I think you're totally right. for so long, and even still, plus-size women, it's its hard to find those dresses, and or and they're like stuck in the back corner of the store, and there's not as many options, and they're just not as like fun and cute, so that's really awesome that you were able to kind of fill that gap. Right, so
1: that's what I saw in the market. That was the gap, you know, I, I actually started this 20 years ago um, when plus-size was it was just getting to receive a sliver of attention. You know, there were trendy casual clothes like t-shirts and jeans and sweaters in um, larger sizes that were starting to trickle into the stores at the mall online and in catalogs. But the gap was when it came time to dress up to celebrate life's special moments, most curvy teens and women, they were just left, as I said before, on the sidelines of fashion. And to me, that was the opportunity, you know, one of the saddest things I, I, I he- heard, and sometimes I still hear this, Allison, is that some women decide to stay at home because they can't find a, dr- a dress to wear.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what an injustice to learn that they're missing out on a once-in-a-lifetime event like a wedding or a
0: prom because they, they couldn't find a dress. You know? Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah, you, you want to feel you want to feel good and confident about yourself, like going to those events. And that can, you know, have a big impact on like how you enjoyed the event or your memories of it. So
1: right. And I think, you know, I think evening formal wear is more than an elegant look. It, you know, it's an attitude of confidence and beauty and glamour. And every woman from the time she's a little girl dreams of of, what, of a red carpet moment in her life, and what she'll wear. And these events are as close as we all ever get to a red carpet moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, what does your design process look like? You mentioned wanting to add more like glamour and fun into the dresses you have. So,
1: um,
0: well, what does your process look like? What a
1: great What a great question. Um, Behind every collection is at least 18 months of, uh, I guess we could say, imagination, determination, exploration, experimentation, sampling, and sampling again until we get it right. Overall, Allison, it's a long and slow process. This is The magic doesn't happen quickly. For example, today, uh, just before I got on the call with you, I am already... Um, sampling for spring 2022 collections of bridal prom and evening so to back up into it um, designing a special occasion dress is more than a creative process for me it needs passion it needs soul it it needs a heart put into it so otherwise how is it going to turn out to be fabulously feminine Um, Of course, figure flattering, and and most of all, I want the designs to be um, unforgettably glamorous. So long before first sketch is even drawn, I put weeks, if not months, into researching trends. And um, one of the first things I do is I never create a collection without working with the stores that carry our bridal evening and prom dresses. not this year, but typically, <laughs> I travel to visit the bridal salons, dress shops, and boutiques so I can work directly with the brides and the teens and the women to listen to what what they say, to check the fit and construction. I actually go into the dressing rooms and zip them into the dress. Mm-hmm. And this year, of course, um, because of the pandemic, we will be unable to... To do that, unless things change dramatically, so um, I will try to do virtual visits mm-hmm. to create the same amount of knowledge. And the other thing I, I in the design process is I select the silhouettes. I'm looking for designs that can play up a curvy body's assets, and most of all, um, I'm really looking to create proportion to balance the body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And for me. The fun part, fun part, is shopping for fabrics. <laughs> and, yeah, I, and I think I think you might say the same. I think most designers feel a fabric store is better than a candy store.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely for me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, shopping for fabrics is also being impacted by the pandemic because typically this week I would be in China in the largest fabric markets in Asia and I'd be spending days they're sort of like bazaars with these small booths and just wandering for days with a with a list of what I'm looking for and actually touching and feeling the fabrics we are unable to do that of course Mm -hmm. so we are having swatches sent over and um you know for 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 designers there's nothing like hands-on so this for us is clearly a second best Mm -hmm. so we hope the world will change and we'll get back over there in the spring but nothing's certain at this point and then once we have the fabrics we can start sketching concepts that work for that particular fabric how it drapes the texture the pattern and when i'm when we're draping we're always looking for our, for our curvy customers we want fabrics that skim the body we don't want it to hug it so we wouldn't use a knit that tends to cling
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we want to drape and ruche and pleat in the right spots because that can make all the difference and at the same time in the design process that we're doing all this it's kind of like two trains pulling out of the station at the same time on parallel tracks <laughs> we're also designing beading patterns and having sample swatches made of those as embellishments that will go on the silhouettes and the fabrics we've selected so it's really wonderful to be able to layer the, the fabric with with different kinds of embellishments particularly the beading pa- patterns and you know the first thing we do after is based on the sketch is we get a sample it's a first sample for fit and for construction and for design and you know sometimes we have to ditch a design because it just doesn't work Mm -hmm. but but i i think that's best you know if it doesn't work we need to move on and then. The hard part after we get all the samples and we evaluate them, this is the tough part. (laughs) But We have to decide which ones make the collection and which ones don't. And that can be is always the toughest choice because each one has its own merits. And sometimes it's like a tie. We can only have so many dresses in the collection and it's hard to decide which one will make it. And after we finally make the cut, That's when we schedule the photo shoot and we shoot the dresses on our professional model. So I supervise the photo shoots to make sure that the look and the fit and um, the design of the dress is reflected in the photo. But, excuse me, but I think in in terms of the design process, um, the best compliment I ever get is when I'm asked if the gown comes in a size four Mm -hmm. that tells me our brand is defined by style and glamour as opposed to a number on a size label
0: yeah like the design can translate and like women of all sizes want to wear it
1: exactly exactly um and that that's such a big right it's and and that's and that points to that points to the strength of the design that it's not, it's not just a plus size design. It's a very strong design on its own merit.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, like how is designing for plus size different than just what many brands do where they're, especially for like prom, where they're designing for the size four, or two or zero, um, what you mentioned a little bit about proportions, but What are some of the things specifically making a good design for plus size that you think about when you're creating the collections?
1: Allison, that's such a great question because what some companies do is they just take a size four and make it into a 14 or a 24 or 34. You can't just make a dress in larger sizes by simply adding fabric everywhere. Mm -hmm. The body... Um, the cur- anybody, and particularly a curvy body doesn't get larger in those proportions. So so what you don't want to end up with is a dress with six inches of extra length on the hem because you made it bigger all over and you didn't grade the hem to reflect the size 24.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I, I think what, I think what some uh, other brands do is um, they don't appreciate, that plus-size formal gowns can be complicated and difficult. But for me, that's the design challenge I love. Um, Mm -hmm. I see a woman's body as a canvas. It's like an opportunity to be um, artistically enhanced using shape, color, texture, and design. So I think some of the other companies that take a stab at it, they tried... They they don't design following the natural lines of the body instead they they want the body to change to fit the lines of the dress Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and 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 i think also some of some of the people that that try but fail at it they don't have the passion we do about fit if the fit is off even slightly even the most fabulous design doesn't flatter Mm -hmm. so they're not willing to during the design and um, development stage to to determine the right place to add more fabric or maybe reduce the fabric. So, for example, I, I give extra attention to the armholes and and um, the tummy, the hips, both the high and the low hips, the rib cage, and the center back. If the center back's too too tight, what happens? And we've all to us is you can't zip the dress. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, in the design process, um, I pay attention to the areas of the curvy body that I think can pose some st- some challenges. And um, I think the other thing that some companies do is they assume that all plus-size bodies are the same shape. hmm And those of us that work in this niche every day know that just like everybody, and I call them the minor sizes, just like all the minor sizes, there's all different shapes of curvy women. You know, apple, hourglass, inverted triangle. And I think you have to be respectful of that and adjust and adapt um, specifications on a pattern to, to take into account the different shapes of a, of a full figure. So. The other thing I and I feel very strongly about this that some of these companies that cater to minus sizes tend to really miss. I mean, really miss the details that um, that make a big difference in getting the fit right for curvy. Let me give you an example. Everybody loves pockets, mm-hmm. and I think I love them because it's such a polished detail. It's fashionable and it's functional. Mm-hmm. But larger women have larger hands. And if the opening is too small on that side seam, it'll split. Mm-hmm. So we have created a pattern for our pockets that's wider and deeper. So as a matter of fact, it's deep enough to get a cell phone into it.
0: That's how I design all my pockets too. I'm like, does my phone fit or does it not?
1: And right, that's so smart, and people love it. Because what good is a pocket if your hand, if it's too small to fit your hand? Mm -hmm. And you know, um, when I do lace-up backs with modesty panels, particularly for the bridal collection, I always make sure the snaps on the um, modesty panel, the optional modesty panel, are larger than the typical ones and reinforced with double stitching. So so it doesn't pop. It doesn't pop. And um, let me see what else. Oh, when I pick patterns, uh, fabric that are prints, mm-hmm. I have to make sure that the scale, say for example, the scale of the flower, doesn't overwhelm the body or it's too small so it looks like granny's kitchen curtains. <laughs> but yeah. my- and my pet peeve, my absolute pet peeve, is what, they, what the companies do that don't do this day in, day out, is they'll cut the lining too small. Mm-hmm. So the shell will be an adequate fit for a curvy customer. But the lining can be up to two inches smaller. What good is that? There's yeah. not, not a chance that dress is going to fit.
0: I've, I've seen that problem on even like friends who have um, like been in weddings with where they're a size two and the, the skirt is full, but the has, you know, pleats and stuff, but the lining does not. And so if they're more, if they have a little bit of a wider hip, like the lining is like riding up underneath because it's too tight, but the shell is fine.
1: It's such a common mistake made by people that don't understand a curvy body, mm-hmm. so, and and um, you know the another area that that just doesn't get taken care of with with the attention it needs is the uh, bicep. Mm-hmm. You know uh, the uh, I always always do something with the models called a hug test and the the dress has to pass the hug test or it gets cut from the collection and what's the hug test a dress with a sleeve at a special occasion what's everybody doing pre pre pre-pandemic they're reaching out and they're hugging oh thank you for coming i'm so glad you came so nice to see you and everybody's always reaching their arms out or to dance Mm -hmm. to move so one of the most common mistakes made is that the bicep and going into the upper back is too tight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've had coats like that where it's like, I can barely drive because I can't put my arms out. Yeah.
1: Right. Let alone reach out at a a special occasion and and hug and dance and move. So we call it the hug test and there has to be enough room from the bicep going to the upper back, just about across the broad line in the back to Mm -hmm. let, the arm extend without ripping or or pinching
0: yeah yeah that's a great that's a great uh name for that like testing that cuz it's so true that's what you're doing at like all those special occasions it's hugging your friends and family right right so so there's lots to think
1: about there's lots to think about and even like um let me see on a V neck you know we might make it a little sexy i might take the center front drop down to make mm. it a little younger and sexier, but at the same time, I'll add a sheer net illusion inset, maybe a mm. three-inch one, just just to give it, just to subdue the plunge a little more, but still a little, you know, peekaboo effect. Mm-hmm. But, so it's a touch of modesty, but it's still sexy on the plunging v-neck.
0: Yeah, and I bet that's more... Like, comfortable and functional to wear too. Like, there's absolutely it's not move, it's not going to move all over and expose something. Absolutely.
1: And the other thing, and um, on strapless gowns, whether they're bridal, prom, or evening, we always um, provide the customer with a small bag, a small plastic bag attached under the side seam, under the arm, and in it are matching. Optional three-quarter inch straps. They have hook and eye ready to pop them in. Nice. These are for the girls that don't want to spend the whole evening. You know, everybody's always taking their thumb and their (laughs) finger up the dress. So for those that want to make a strapless into a bra-friendly design, we send the we send the optional three-quarter inch straps.
0: That's really nice and convenient because. I would definitely be one to do that. <laughs> Add the straps I, in.
1: It's oh so God. annoying. It's so annoying because you—that's all you're focusing on—is shimmying up the bodice. Mm-hmm. So it's covering what it needs to cover. Mm-hmm. So and 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 the other thing I think in terms of design that um, some companies miss that don't cater uh, genuinely to curry women is. Um, they play it too safe. They just play it too safe on the design, you know. They have this conventional notion of what full-figured women will should wear and will not wear, you know. And they tend to, to stick with black and black, you know. Black's fine, but boy, does it get boring. Mm-hmm.
0: You know?
1: And um, I like to throw in, you know other rich neutrals and classic colors, like say a navy with the same slimming effect, you know? And I think, whereas I'll take some design risks, some of the companies that that don't do this for bread and butter, they tend to stay very safe and a little boring. And for example, I did a red mermaid sequin and lace um, dress with a ruffle skirt. Nice. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think they play it a little too safe sometimes. I think I think our customer really craves getting some color, getting some fashion, getting some style, and making a statement, making a fashion
0: statement. Yeah, some of my most like fashionable, definitely make a statement. Friends are plus size, so I it's like why why aren't why aren't more companies making clothes that have the whole range of style. And taste for all sizes I
1: think Allison because it's not easy like we just re- like we just went over mm-hmm. it's a long complicated detailed process
0: yeah, yeah and it,
1: and I and I think it's just not everybody's willing to invest in the time and the cost the extra cost uh the time is money
0: mm-hmm You mentioned a little bit about how you're normally traveling a lot, and I know you spend a lot of time visiting the fabric markets and the factories that make your gowns. So outside of this year where you haven't been able to travel, if you were on one of those trips, what does a typical day involve? Like what are you doing when you're there? Well, I'm
1: That's a great question. I First of all, just to set the stage, most of my travels take me to rural China, not Beijing, not Hong Kong, not Shanghai. Actually, I spend most of my time in a city um, where people still ride bicycles and the trash is picked up by carts and people sweep the streets by hand so it's rural China. Um, it's about three hours by bullet train from Hong Kong or eight hours by eight to 10 hours by bus from Hong Kong. So a typical day, um, you don't need an alarm there because there's a rooster that crows <laughs> at 5 a.m. I'm not kidding, you can set your clock by it. And typically, um, if it's it's two thirty in the afternoon here, it's three thirty in the morning there right now. it's tomorrow there. Mm-hmm. So we're always we're it's it's a permanent jet lag situation. So the alarm goes off at five am and it's by six am, I'm on the computer and the phone and my um, uh, checking, with with everybody here in the US, my customers and, and the office, because the workday's just ending here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the other challenge in terms of communication is there are no Google products. So you can't get Gmail, you can't chat, you can't message. So we rely on an app on our phones called WeChat.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people that use that.
1: Yeah. So um it's a competitor to WhatsApp. So I spend, spend the first hour catching up with what was the day like in the U.S., and then at 7 a.m. or so, I lace up my sneakers, and the streets are still pretty quiet, so I, I take a morning walk, just like you'd walk in the neighborhood here, and, you know, I see the street cleaners, and the school kids go early. They go about 7, and they're all in uniform, and then the Um, They have a morning market and an afternoon food market, and these are people, these are farmers that come in and fishermen that come in, and they sell produce that's just hours out of the ground and fish that are about four hours out of the China Sea. So it's a quiet time, and it's a great time for me to think, and I just kind of soak up the local culture, and I'm back at the hotel, I guess, about eight, and a shower, of course, and then... I, had, I eat breakfast at the hotel and there is no Western food. So I have soup for breakfast <laughs> and a very strong black tea. And I spend the time, I, I have a big notebook and I have my laptop and I, I, I just sit there quietly and I review my notes for the day from yesterday and the sketches for today and kind of go over my to-do list and just get ready and about 9.30, um, we never, we don't, can't drive and we can't take the equivalent of Uber because they won't take cash, they only take um, money on WeChat and we can't pay by WeChat because we don't have a Chinese bank account. Huh. So the factories pick us up and they send a car and a driver and they pick me up outside the hotel about 10 minutes later, down a few alleys around a few corners We're at the factory and we always start the meeting there with a ceremonial tea tea, um, service. And um, these are tiny little cups. Oh, about the size of a tape measure? Mm -hmm. And they, um, they boil the water and they take the tea leaves and they steep it and then they rinse it. And it's, you visit and have the tea and the other thing is, you have to take off your shoes and trade them in for slippers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So there's a whole little, pro, you know, social protocol. And then we start. Usually, I start by um, checking the. Product. These are um, styles that are completed, ready to ship um, to the U.S. And they're ready for. I we have somebody on the ground full time that inspects for quality control. But if I'm there, I want to walk that factory floor. At, to the finishing area, and you know what, Allison, I'm checking for something—the smallest threads that need to be trimmed before mm-hmm. the dress is packed. Or maybe I'll, I'll make—I'll ask them to press again. Pre- the pressing needs to be redone um, before it's packed because it's going pretty far. These dresses ship 8,500 miles from China to our wow. house, St. Louis. So um, after that, they have large conference rooms, like meeting rooms where there's big big tables and we can spread out the sketches Um, we have custom mannequins custom fit dummies over there that we had made so we can drape the fabric and every step of the way i am taking photos on my phone and i'm taking notes on my laptop and in the sketchbook so we're going style by style giving each one a number and then promptly i mean not a minute after 12 Everybody breaks for lunch at noon in the factory. Mm. Everybody, the bosses, the workers, they turn the lights out. No, he, they cannot believe that we eat at our desks here. <laughs> and um, we, they're very gracious hosts and hostesses. And they, uh, the owner of the factory, will take us to a restaurant that they select, and we pick our fish out of a tank. And you know, um, the ducks and the goose are hanging by hooks, and um, it is it is equivalent of, of enough food that we have at Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. It's not uncommon for us to have, let me see, soup, rice, fish, beef, pork, vegetables, wow. eggs like an oyster omelet. Mm-hmm. It's just, and it's a big lazy Susan in the middle of a round table, and it just keeps turning and turning and turning. And the dessert, and of course there's tea, and there's a plum juice they make, which they say is very good for digestion. And the dessert, no no sweets, no baked goods. It's either kiwi or the sweetest cherry tomatoes you've ever eaten. And it goes on for a couple of hours, and you know, it's a chance, just like you have business meetings here, you know, it's a chance to catch up on the weather and politics, the industry, and just, Chat and the family and share pictures and then we're back to the showroom about two o'clock we pick up where we start in the morning and you know we're checking samples and delivery time and then i try to leave around three and head to the local fabric markets so that every day i'm checking for new fabrics and trim and notions and uh by six o'clock, I'm back at the hotel and I usually have dinner in the neighborhood where nobody speaks English, but I just point uh-huh. and take my take my own risks. And then um, what happens is during the day while I'm at the factory, other factories will send samples. They'll drop off either uh, sample fabric, sample patterns sample dresses and they leave them at the desk so I I review what's been dropped off during the day and I take down things that need to be picked up and about 8 p.m I get back on the with the U.S. um, as they're just starting their day and then around nine o'clock I confirm all my appointments for tomorrow and there's no watching tv because there's no English tv And um, so I spend, the, you know, I'll read. I read a lot of books on my Kindle while I'm over there. So that's a pretty typical day They're long. Sometimes when we're really pushed, we'll go back after dinner to a factory and work till eight, nine at night and they'll they'll bring in dinner from the street vendors. So that I hope that gives you a glimpse of what it's like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That It sounds fun and definitely like busy. Very busy. Very it's busy. it's so cool. I think not every brand spends so much time like at the factory or talking to, you know, the people that actually are making the clothes and visiting. So I think that's great that you take the time to do that and like go over the styles and go over the quality and review all the fabrics. Because um, I think you know, I'm sure that makes a difference in the quality of the end product and just like your relationship with the factories in general. And, and it, yes, and that's so
1: true, Allison. And, and, and as well, it builds a part, just like any other business relationship here, it builds a collaborative partnership. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 it really results in producing dresses that are 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 designed to fit and flatter and that are constructed well.
0: Yeah. So how did you first like meet these factories? Um, well,
1: I was introduced, uh, well, to back up, I met my first factory through a very convoluted story. <laughs> I, um, at the time, I was not designing. I was buying dresses and selling them online from other designers. And they weren't, I was having problems, they weren't coming in on time. It was sort of a lot of what we've been talking about today. Mm -hmm. And one of these um, brands had the marketing strategy that when the um, award shows aired the next morning they would have knockoffs of the celebrity dresses ready to buy. Oh, wow. So, and they they got a lot of attention. They were on all the morning news shows. This was uh, before the internet went wild and crazy. And I called up Queen Latifah was on the red carpet in a gorgeous turquoise satin um, sheath and they were on the uh, good morning america the today show and i saw that they were making it and i called up and i put an order in for 120 units which is a very nice order at the time Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and they said we can't take your order i said what do you mean you can't take my order they said we're not making it in plus size i said excuse me you're you're copying what a curvy celebrity wore to an award show and you're only making it up to a size 12? And they said yes. Wow! I hung up the phone, Allison. I was so mad. It was such an injustice. And I had just been featured on Forbes.com as an entrepreneur. And as a result of that story, a young man who was Chinese that was attending college here had called me and said, If you ever decide to design, please know that I can help you. My cousin owns a factory. Oh, wow. So I called him up and we made the
0: dress and the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really cool story. Um, So, yeah, it is kind of about just relationships and connections of growing the business. So just what you were saying of like building those relationships with your factories in China now, like it kind of started with. A connection and a relationship right in the very beginning yeah that's cool I think it speaks to it's always who you know Mm-hmm. it definitely is especially in fashion I feel like it's very much it's like everyone knows each other but then everyone it's all about who you know too it's kind of a big small town kind of f- feel absolutely absolutely so you actually have three lines, right? You have the S- Sydney's Closet, the Michelle Bridal, and a um, Tease Prom line, right? Yes. So I'm curious, what's the difference between the lines? And did you first start with all three or did the the your overall brand grow over time and you added these other lines?
1: It, it's a gross story. Um, Sydney's Closet it, is the... Brand that features fashion-forward wedding, prime, and evening gowns that are very stylish and very affordable. There's mm-hmm. so that that was the one I launched with the story I just told you about the Queen Latifah dress. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so uh, there's so, uh, the collections for uh, wedding, prime, and evening are sold um, online at Sydney's Closet and other websites that cater to curvy customers. They're also these. These collections are also sold in bridal and dress shops across the country and that's and that I st- I started with prom and early in my designing the media crowned me the title of the fairy godmother of plus size prom dresses nice they said you know because I was designing frocks that rock for curvy teens you know and then Time passes. The the teens grow up. They get engaged, and then they began to ask me to design their wedding gowns. They what they really wanted was to replicate the fashion, fit, comfort, and affordability of their Sydney's Closet prom dress. So that's 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 a, a Sydney's Closet in a nutshell. Today we've expanded it beyond wedding prom and evening to cocktails. So what happened? Um, was we created the wholesale division um, when our the stores that we work with our retail partners asked us to design uh, dresses that were sold exclusively in bridal salons and fine dress shops. What they were trying to do is offer their customers um, a highly differentiated dress that was not available on the internet. They were trying mm-hmm. to compete with online, so that became Um, the impetus for us to launch Michelle Bridal, which is named after my daughter. And um, Michelle Bridal is really um, a collection of ultra feminine and romantic designer wedding gowns. I aimed it at the modern bride, you know, who wants a fresh take on classic bridal gowns. She's looking for something that really tugs at her heart. And I use rich, luxurious fabrics with texture, The construction is heavily boned in the bodice. And um, these gowns have done very well. They are currently available in uh, shops and stores in the U.S., Canada, U.K., uh, let me see, Ireland, Germany, and Australia. So you can't buy these online, but we did build a website just so people could find out about it Mm called michelle bridalcom so the brides can find it online. And then Tease Prom, which is the collection of prom dresses sold only in stores. You know, this is the, this is trendy. This is the most, these are the hottest styles, the must have colors and they the design is the teens that want a red carpet look. And this is the girl that just wants to have fun all night. And these, the Tease Prom is sold in the US, Canada, UK, Ireland, and Australia. But so those are the, the wholesale division um, cater, caters to Michelle Bridal and Tease Prime. But you know, I, the, the, the lines are very different in their design feel. but what's the same? Is they're all cut on the same size chart?
0: What is, I know you do only plus size, but just for people listening, what's, what sizes do you offer? Like what is your size range?
1: Well, that's one of the things that's very unique about us we offer excuse me we offer sizes 14 to 40 at least we we've never ha- we've never failed to fit a customer
0: nice so yeah and most i feel like most brands even if they are plus size stop at like 28 maybe and don't even go up beyond that so that's great that you have options right. for a very you know a lot of sizes
1: Exactly. Our, our range is, exa- is very extensive. And, you know, um, some companies change the size chart between bridal evening and prom. You know, I felt we worked very hard, more than a decade, to perfect and to prove that the fit flatters, curvy figures. And there's a consistency there that the customer really, really appreciates. In having a such you know, all of us that buy the, if a jeans or even under, if people stay consistent, the customer has the confidence that she knows that, 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 that will fit her. Mm-hmm. So, um, the other, the other reason that we created Michelle, T's and, and Sydney's is, you know, we wanted to, uh, to start us dresses with a different style. We want to like mix it up, offer her an assortment. You know, one of the things I think is, designers get pigeonholed, they just do sequins, they just do feathers, they just do satin, they just, you know, they're really narrow in their design range, and and I I think all, all women want, not everybody wants the same look. You know, they've got individual fashion personalities, maybe it's classic, maybe it's trendy, romantic, I don't know, bohemian, retro. So I try to give her more choices than she ever dreamed possible to express her taste.
0: So nice. having
1: the different brands lets us do that.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, so what's it like balancing both the wholesale of the Michelle Bridal and Tees Prom with your online business with Sydney's Closet? And like, I know kind of that balance especially this year has maybe changed a little bit um but how is it running kind of t- those both sides of that business
1: well it is a balancing act and <laughs> it, it comes down to running two businesses mm-hmm. I, I think with um two special customers who actually complement each other you know when i am work uh, when we work directly with the customer, it lets us learn firsthand what she likes and what she doesn't. We get to talk to her directly about fit and construction. And that helps us build a a better um, collection for her, but it also benefits our collection that's sold in our wholesale division. On the Mm -hmm. other side, I think um, working with our wholesale customers, that's where I get the priceless input on designing for direct-to-consumer. You know, the store owners help us keep a real pulse on what's trending now. And like I said before, they're an integral part of my design process.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, they know what the brides, the prime princesses, and the women who shop in their store want. And, you know, I don't think no one gets closer to the customer on a daily basis than the store owner and their staff.
0: hmm yeah, and that's so important, like you said, to get customers' feedback on fit and what their style is and what they care about, or even, like you said, with, like, how big the pocket should be, you know, that's something where you need to be around lots of people trying it on and wearing it to get that feedback.
1: Exactly. It's all in the detail.
0: hmm Cool. So you have been a leader in plus size formal gowns for over a decade. And I'm curious how you've seen the plus size fashion market change over the years.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, let me think. Um, well in ancient, what I call ancient times before the internet, you know, um, teens, brides, women, everybody relied on magazines for everything fashion related.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that has changed, I think forever. She's not diving into the recycling bin to retrieve magazines. So today's shopper and all of us are like this. You know, we live in a digital world. We're mm-hmm. driven by technology and social media. And when there, that is even true when you're hunting for your dream special occasion dresses. Um, so, you know, um, take brides, for example. 90% of brides use p- Pinterest for inspiration.
0: I know. <laughs> It's well, Several of my friends are getting married this year and I'm on a lot of shared wedding boards which is new to me because even seven years ago when I got married Pinterest wasn't really a big thing so right. it's like I can't believe it's changed that much since I got married.
1: It has and you know I, I think brides today because of the because of social media and because of the technology I think they're a little more confident in what they want to wear on their wedding day. Prom girls, not so much. They still worry what their teenage friends will say about their choice. But, you know, modern brides tend to be a little older. Um, their, their vision of what, of their wedding attire is pretty laser sharp and independent and feminine. And, you know, they already have an established fashion personality, and they want to share that on their wedding day, whether mm-hmm. you know, no matter what it is. Alternative class, you know, we're doing a lot of black wedding dresses this year. As for the alternative ride. Right? So and, and the other thing I think that's happened, you know in general Allison, the good news is that the apparel market is offering more choices than ever for the curvy customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the size inclusive movement, it's revolutionizing fashion. And I think the most important thing that's happening in that movement is designers are not driving this. Mm-hmm. It's consumers demanding fashion-forward styles. They want glamour, sexy, fun, and, and they want it, it creative for women with real bodies. You know, at the same time, this conversation g- can get heated up at times, but I still think it's welcome. You know, a lot of campaigns to go beyond, as you were pointing out, it's so important to go beyond size 18 or 24 into the extended size range. Mm-hmm. And um, big backlash... Um, about even the word plus size, mm-hmm. you know, to be labeled separate or using models too thin. You know, this is these are all great conversations to be having. And sometimes when I look back at where I started, that one of the things I'm most proud of is long before everybody even mentioned the body positive movement, I pioneered, pioneered the idea that a company could be successful by caring and catering exclusively to curvy women and teens dressing up to celebrate once in a lifetime events. You know, in my mind, glamour comes in one size it fits all.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, it, it's it's a good thing to be able to offer fashion to people of all sizes. And you obviously have a passion for that. But even for on the business side, like I think the US average women's, like the average woman wears a size like 16 or above. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, and for some brands, that's like the largest size they carry. So it's like, why not? Why not offer? Half the ha- population is bigger than that, you know. So well, it's I like, think
1: I think there's still and and maybe it's just not being talked about. There's prejudice, Allison. Mm-hmm. There's still size discrimination, and some brands don't want their designs associated with larger bodies.
0: Yeah. And it's very
1: sad and, you know, it's their missed opportunity.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, it's very interesting to hear like all the change, like you said, the whole like body positive movement and size inclusivity and to hear how you kind of were on the forefront of that for so long and have been very successful doing it. It sounds like you've gotten a lot of great feedback from your customers along the way. So that's awesome. It's priceless, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so something recent that I've seen on your website and your social media is you've done several collections with Jonathan Kane. So can you talk a little bit more about that collaboration and the resulting collections?
1: One of my most favorite things to talk about.
0: Well, <laughs> it seems I, like you guys have a lot of fun together.
1: <laughs> we're having a real blast. I mean, we are having the best time and. In- we are just about to put out a little video behind the scenes at the photo shoot we did for the spring 2021 collection. And it just screams fun. So Kane and we rented a 1955 Cadillac, salmon colored, in Las Vegas. And Kane and I put scarves on, kind of Thelma and Louise style. Mm-hmm. And we had we had a lot of fun. But um You know, Kane and I um, have a true partnership. It's built on mutual respect for each other's design work and our experience. Um, I tend to be a little more reserved designer with a classic vision. I I reflect first, as we've talked about, first on the scale and proportion to nail the fit for a fuller figure. Kane, Kane's just, his designs are extraordinary and he's kind of over the top. He's got a real showmanship to create dramatic designs for pageant winners. And he, you know, he dresses celebrities like Dolly Parton and Reba McIntyre to wear on stage, you know. So, um, but I really think we're, our collaboration is successful because Kane's passion, just like mine, for plus size comes from his heart. He knows personally the emotion of being a larger person. As a teenager, he tipped the scales at 325 and he gets it. And that's why I wanted to team up with him. And, um, you know, we're not afraid to to give each other advice. We listen to each other without judgment. And, um, you know, one of the things that, and we're always compromising, you know, on our last trip to China, Kane went wild with feathers. He went, <laughs> crazy with feathers on a classic fitted evening gown for this this next spring's collection, I worried the feathers would, it, it wouldn't would look so good. I think they were getting to a point where they weren't flattering. So we, we talked about it. We played with the feathers. We pinned them. We unpinned them. And in the end, we compromised. The feathers went on the shoulders and skirt instead of the whole dress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, both of us, you know, both of us relish seeing the difference in a woman when she puts on an evening gown that really frames her curves perfectly. You know, Kane always says this, you know, instantly she becomes more graceful. She stands up straighter, she smiles, and her confidence soars to a level that she's never seen before. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, we um, we're, we're uh, I'm I'm scheduled to travel to Nashville, pandemic permitting, um, early December, so we can Kane and I can start working on the 2022 collection.
0: Yeah, that sounds like it's been a really good partnership for you both, and like bringing you each bring kind of like a different angle to the design process, but you both have the same goal. So
1: exactly,
0: awesome. cool. Well, you know what, well, and that's so
1: true. You know, we set out as a design duo. What, what we wanted to do, our goal was to elevate evening wear um, for curvy women to new heights of glamour and uh, drama and magic.
0: Mm-hmm. And we've had a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds like it. Awesome. So I have one more question for you that I ask everyone at the end of the interview, which is, If you could communicate one value to the world through your clothes, what would it be?
1: Ooh, that's a hard one. Let me think. That's a great question, Allison. I would have to say the one value uh, that I would want to communicate as, as a brand would be respect for the feelings, for the desires, and the dreams of my curvy customers. You know, beyond looking fabulous, I think these women deserve to be admired for their accomplishments, abilities and contributions for, for, to our society, you know, and and in honor of that, I, I kind of thinking in honor of that respect, you know, I feel an emotional connection with my customer because it's like, she's inviting me to share in her once in a lifetime moment at a very personal level by designing her dress. And for me, it's an honor. It's a privilege and it's also a big responsibility. You know, um, I always keep it top of my mind that, you know, I'm designing a dress for one special day or night, but but really what's being created is memories for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, ask anybody what she wore to the prom, she'll tell, instantly recall the color, the style, the fabric and where she bought a dress. Mm-hmm. You know, every day, clothing wears out or fades out of style, you know, the trend evaporates, but you know, um, it's just pretty practical and pretty emotionless, but a wedding gown forever holds
0: a special place in a woman's heart. That's totally true. I love that answer. Um, this has been such a great conversation. Thanks for My joining My pleasure. Me. My pleasure. Where can people find out more about you and Sydney's Closet online?
1: Well, our website is www.sydneyscloset.com. And Sydney's is spelled S-Y-D-N-E-Y-S-C-L-O-S-E-T.com. And um, if you want to take a look at the collections that are reserved to be sold strictly in in uh, fine shops and bridal salons, it's www. Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E hyphen bridal.com and dot uh, wwwt Awesome.
0: Well, thanks for joining me today, Phyllis. Oh, I loved it, Allison. I loved it. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Haynes, and I hope you join me again for the next episode of How Fitting.